0: When I was younger, shopping in a secondhand clothing store usually meant one of two things. You needed a Halloween costume, or you were really into vintage clothes. So much so, you could get past that secondhand store smell. You know that musty, I'm in my grandma's closet scent? These days, secondhand clothing has gone mainstream. In the United States, Macy's and JCPenney. Have started selling secondhand clothes in some of their stores. Now, several other US retailers have gone one step further, and they are offering clothing subscription services. Why buy that skirt or blouse when you can rent it? Pay a monthly fee, get a few items shipped to you each month, wear them, and send them back. Analysts predict the secondhand industry in the US will be worth $20 billion more than fast fashion in the next decade.
1: It is almost a badge of honour now to say that I didn't go buy this at uh, Forever 21 or I didn't go to H&M.
0: On this episode of Industry Interrupted, when did the line between new and pre-owned start to blur? Is this a generational thing? What will the closet of the future look like? Will we even need one? I'm your host, Sean Stanley, wearing clothes that I currently own. First, a word from our sponsor.
2: This podcast was made possible through the support of Fidelity Investments. All over the world, Fidelity Investments is looking for inspired investment opportunities to help you make the most of your hard-earned money. Stay ahead with Fidelity Investments. Go to fidelity.ca slash ahead for valuable investment tools and their latest insights.
0: Back in 2009, Jennifer Hyman, had a vision. A Harvard MBA grad wanted to bring the closet to the sharing economy and create the Netflix of clothing. That vision became a company called Rent the Runway. The initial idea? Offer users a chance to rent dresses from high-end designers, and the cost of rental would be a fraction of the purchase price. You could wear the outfit to a special occasion and then return it, without ever having to wonder when or if you're going to wear it again. Ten years later, Rent the Runway is now worth a billion dollars. That's a billion with a B. Its offerings include a monthly subscription service featuring everyday wear. And its subscriber count has continued to grow more than 100% year over year. Here's CEO Jennifer Hyman speaking with Recode.com about the appeal of having a closet in the cloud.
3: When I use the phrase dynamic ownership, what I mean by that is that In the past, the entire world of retail is based on you purchasing something, and the minute you purchase it, your life might change. Your closet is basically a reflection of who you are, who you once were. And a Rent the Runway subscription allows your lifestyle to change, your life stage to change, your mood to change, your taste to change. And because you have things on constant rotation, you don't have to feel trapped by what you've purchased in the past.
0: Rent the Runway is still only available in the US. Here in Canada, the company Rent Frock Repeat started offering clothing rental services a year after Rent the Runway launched. Rent Frock Repeat's owners say the idea was sparked from an invitation to a wedding. Neither of them wanted to buy yet another dress that would be worn once and then placed in a closet bursting full of clothing they rarely wear. They learn the average woman has 136 articles of clothing in their closet, but only regularly wears 27 of them. This year, RentFrock Repeat has started offering its own monthly subscription service featuring everyday wear to a limited number of customers. All 5,000 spots were filled in about a week. The owners say the next step is to open the service to the 95,000 people to subscribe to the company's newsletter?
2: If we go downstairs, it might seem like it's a, a, a mess, mess, but it's a, a factory. It's an organized <laughs> factory at the same time because there's clothes everywhere.
0: That's Sleeky um, Bellegrinus and her mom Poppy. You have a They're heading to the basement of their one-story home in Richmond Hill, Ontario.
2: So there's a lot of racks. This is like our main reheart room. This is where. We just added a
0: photo studio so we can... The is the 23-year-old CEO and founder of a clothing this rental this company rack called Reheart This
2: entire rack is actually um, a Canadian designer. She
0: was 13 years old when Rent the Runway launched. The she remembers being fascinated by the concept, but disappointed you couldn't get it in Canada.
2: I grew up in a family where everything was surrounded around fashion. Like, my mom was always in the most stylish outfits. She would always take us to the mall basically every single weekend.
0: Eventually, those dresses started to pile up. Vasleki's closet became unmanageable.
2: There was no space to move a hanger, even by like a half inch. It was horrible. My parents would always say, like, you need to like get rid of your stuff, donate. And we would always have our spring cleaning when we would donate our clothes.
0: But Vasleki learned that most donated clothing doesn't actually reach the people who can use it. Charities like the Salvation Army and Goodwill try to sell donated clothing but only about half of what's collected ends up in the store. And only half of that will actually sell. So about three quarters of donated clothing is either sold off as rags, recycled, or diverted to other countries, where it often ends up in landfill.
2: I also felt guilty that I was donating such beautiful, hardly worn items. And I feel almost guilty for myself, like why did I purchased something? I could have just reworn something else that I already had.
0: Vasleki tried selling some of her clothes through peer-to-peer marketplaces like Kijiji. But it was often too much of a hassle. People wouldn't show up for transactions, or they would offer her next to nothing. At the same time, she was loaning clothes out to family and friends who were looking for something to wear to a special event. That's when she got the idea to create a platform that would connect people who had clothing they could lend with people who wanted to borrow.
2: I've heard this from like so many of my own cousins and friends and family that even for like a main of honor dress, like they would lend a piece out to each other and they wouldn't have any type of payment to it it would always kind of add this kind of layer of hesitation for a lot of times I always felt that that was a problem because people would always lend their clothes out but they wouldn't have that extra level of security for payment in case anything gets damaged or in case something happens to the piece that so they'll be like oh yeah like you're my friend I'll lend, lend it out but like how can I formalize that process? So it's not that awkward conversation if something does happen. When we bring it to a system like Rehar, we get to push away all that gray area and we really formalize it so that people don't have to worry about those type of things. Um, I would say these ones are some really nice ones. So this... This section over here, it has a bunch of like sustainable designers, so Reformation is one of my personal favourite designers because they focus 100% on sustainability.
0: There the are seven racks are of full of clothing taking over the life. basement of the Bella Greenas home. The inventory is growing beyond the capacity of their space. Soon, all of these designer goods will move to a warehouse. Since Rehart launched in 2017, there have been about 2,500 transactions made through the site. Vasleki says more than 50 pieces are added every week. It takes about 60 seconds for a lender to upload info about a piece of clothing. If it's rented, Rehart splits the profits with the lender after paying the cost of shipping and dry cleaning.
2: Um, yeah, this is another self-portrait over here. Vasleki
0: heads over to a rack, holding a dress from the UK label Self Portrait, a brand that's been seen on several celebrities, including Meghan Markle. She holds a lace dress that was rented about five times this summer.
2: This person definitely made around over, over $200 off of it. And that's not bad for a that It was just sitting in your closet instead now it's being used.
0: Vasleki um, describes her customer base as young women entering the workforce who want access to a variety of stylish clothing at a fraction of the price. It makes me wonder, why do they feel so much pressure to wear something new and high fashion all the time? Vasleki sums it up with one word, Instagram
2: with Instagram, I think there's a a greater pressure to always have that newness effect and to always be fresh and to always express yourself in so many different ways, which is quite unfortunate because it's catalyzed a lot of fast fashion brands. And the root of it is just that you want to portray a a lifestyle. I'm definitely guilty of it. I I always feel nervous of posting a same dress another time. And it's something that I always question myself, like, why do I feel like that? But I can't even pinpoint it either anymore, but like what happened that we feel such immense pressure.
0: Coming up, how Instagram has created a culture of personal branding. And the intimacy of wearing clothes that belong to someone else versus buying something new from a big company. But first, let's hear from our sponsor.
2: podcast was made possible through the support of Fidelity Investments. All over the world, Fidelity Investments is looking for inspired investment opportunities to help you make the most of your hard-earned money. Stay ahead with Fidelity Investments. Go to fidelity.ca slash for valuable investment tools and their latest insights.
0: For the past few years, the online marketplace Kijiji has been sponsoring an annual study to examine how much Canadians participate in the second-hand economy. That includes any transaction of a used item—buying, trading, donating, and renting. A team from Université du Québec à Montréal found that Canada's second-hand marketplace was worth $28.5 billion in 2017. Just to put that into context, 28.5 billion can buy you more than 57 million pairs of Christian Louboutin shoes. Of all the categories on Kijiji, from kitchen appliances to car parts, the most exchanged items were clothing, shoes, and accessories. The report doesn't include specifics on clothing rental, but it's safe to assume that was a very small piece of the pie in 2017. However, the clothing rental market is growing, and it's expected to keep expanding at an annual rate of more than 10%. ResearchAndMarkets.com forecasts the global clothing rental industry will be worth nearly $2 billion in the next three years. The trade publication Business of Fashion says one of the biggest consumer shifts we're seeing is the quote, end of ownership. It's really changed the whole notion of social currency. Doug Stevens is a retail futurist and a contributor to Business of Fashion.
1: You know, if you think about what social currency was 30 or 40 years ago, it was what you drove. It was the neighborhood you lived in or how much you paid for your leather sofa. And, and I think flash forward to today, social currency is more about where I am, who I'm with and what I'm doing. Experiences have become social currency. As a consequence, it's not good enough anymore to have a few outfits in your closet that you wear. Um, I mean the one of the, the fate worse than death is being caught two days in a row wearing the same thing on social media. so it has resulted in a dramatic shift in the way we buy clothing, and in fact, we're buying four hundred percent more clothing now than we were only a few decades ago. so as a consequence. Uh, This sort of meets an economic reality where who can possibly afford to just keep going out and buying more clothing. So rental becomes a viable option.
0: According to Business of Fashion's 2019 State of the Industry report, the secondhand clothing market is growing. That's thanks to a younger generation's desire for a wide variety of clothes at a price they can afford. Without contributing to the fashion industry's environmental pollution, which, by the way is the second worst offender after the oil industry. To give you some context, a report from the Ellen MacArthur Foundation concluded one garbage truck of textiles is sent to landfill or incinerated every second. How can that be? Check out these surveys quoted in the Business of Fashion report. According to a study from Britain, one in three young women considers an item old after wearing it once or twice. One in seven thinks it's a fashion faux pas to wear the same outfit in two different photos.
1: I think that there was a, a sort of a sober second look at, at our consumption behavior post-recession in the, in the aftermath. I think that people have been looking for ways to declutter their lives. And this whole notion of uh, utility over ownership, that I don't need to own a car anymore to get from point A to point B. I don't need to own a cottage in order to enjoy a cottage two weeks out of the year. And I certainly don't need to own a Valentino suit in order to enjoy wearing that out for an evening.
0: Doug says the widespread acceptance of pre-owned goods also relates to the fact that consumers have more trust in a company's ability to authenticate goods.
1: What's interesting to me is that if you look at a a, a business like The Real Real, for example, which is a really well-known authenticator of luxury goods and reseller of luxury goods, Uh, 40 years ago we called that a pawn shop. You know, and and today it's actually plausible for a brand like that to have as much credibility as as a, a first run apparel manufacturer.
0: Doug also points out that the movement toward clothing rental isn't just Gen Zs and millennials.
1: So it's really more of a, I think a psychographic trait than perhaps a demographic trait. But I think that the more engaged you are from a personal branding standpoint in social media, whether it's Facebook or Instagram, the more pressure that's really going to put on you in terms of your wardrobe and your look. So we're probably likely to see this play more to younger consumers than older consumers, but I think it's something that it certainly could span
0: generations as well. Michael Solomon says this trend resonates with consumers because we want our clothing to have a story. He's an expert in consumer habits. Michael literally wrote the textbook on this topic. It's called Consumer Behavior, Buying, Having, and Being.
4: Well, when I talk about brand genealogy, what I mean is that we, just as people are very eager to trace their ancestry these days, uh, sometimes with disturbing results, um, a lot of people want to know the backstory of, of a brand. And by that, I mean that... That essentially, people are buying a story. Whenever they buy a brand, they're buying a they're buying a story. They're not just buying a, a functional uh, piece of equipment or even a piece of apparel. They're they're buying the whole essence of a brand is a story. And one of the aspects of of the brand story that's very important today is authenticity. People are tired of plastic brands, you know, big corporations that don't care about anyone, and so on and. What I always tell uh, managers is if, if your brand has a story, if you have a founder's story, if you look at Nike, where you know they started making the shoes in a waffle iron and selling them out of a trunk of a car, this is very, very appealing, especially to younger consumers. When we choose a clothing brand, again, we're choosing to literally wear a story on our backs. You know, Ralph Lauren would be a good example. And, you know, even his name is invented. His real name is Ralph Lifschitz, But, you know, that whole story is, is Americana and walking on the beach with your sheepdogs and, and all everything that goes along with that. So most successful brands have a story. And we like to feel when we choose our clothing and other personal products that we are embracing part of that bigger story.
0: Michael Solomon points out another reason we're willing to forego any reservations about secondhand clothes. He says there's an intimacy in wearing something someone else has worn and a curiosity about the history of that item.
4: We live in a very impersonal society, obviously, and there's a lot of conversations about how people are trying to recreate a feeling of intimacy, a feeling of community when you don't know your neighbors. You know, the traditional institutions like religion and politics and so on, those basic organizing principles are largely receding for many people and they need a substitute. And actually brands and companies often play that role because they represent institutions that people can organize meanings around. Uh, They can identify with them. They can identify other people who also share the same affiliations. I I think there's definitely a relationship aspect to this. You know, it is a way to meet new people. It's a way, and especially if they have a story about about what they're selling, I think it's a vehicle that facilitates human connection at a time when that's rather hard to come by.
0: So if this industry continues to grow every year, that begs the question, what will the closet of the future look like?
4: They may not have a closet. You know, they may have a 3D printer that is creating their outfit every day, and they may be leasing all of their clothing. And so they may not be storing it at home. They may, they may be, you know, going on their way to work. And they may be popping into the, the closest lease your outfit store and taking it from there so they can use that closet space to store craft beer or something like that.
0: If that idea sounds far-fetched, it's not. It's already happening with Rent the Runway in the U.S. In the last two years, the company has opened five brick-and-mortar locations. Traffic to the stores has increased ten times since they opened. Here's CEO Jennifer Hyman.
3: You can actually go to any a rack within the store, take any piece of apparel off the rack, scan it and walk out. The store becomes an extension of your closet. And so what we're finding in our stores is that women are making a visit to the store a part of their daily routine. Our busiest hours in the store are right before work or right after work because women are coming into the store to actually get dressed for the office.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Industry Interrupted. Are you wearing pre-loved clothes? Are you renting? Tweet or Instagram us your pics at Globe Content. Use the hashtag IndustryInterrupted. I'm Sean Stanley. Industry Interrupted is produced by Laura Rigare, Anne Lang, Tara Deschamps, and Stephanie Chan. Special thanks to our sponsor, Fidelity Investments.